Hello everyone, I'm Joe Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. This program is brought to you by Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about our reach around the world, go to traincpe.org. And to learn about our mission fellowship here in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Our study today completes a consideration of 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 38 through 44. It's the story of a time of scarcity in the land of Israel. Food is rummaged up for a pot, and yet poison from wild gourds gets into that pot. And you know, you can't take poison out of a pot once it's been boiled in, so Elisha adds something to that pot of food that miraculously neutralizes the poison, and everyone present is able to get a healthy meal. In our day and age of spiritual scarcity, poison easily gets into the pot of our understanding of God's Word. It's almost impossible to avoid it and to get it all out. But there is a solution, something you can put into the pot of your instruction from God's Word that will make it a healthy meal in times of scarcity, when poison gets in the pot. The warning is against deception at that day. It's this idea that we can slowly turn because of the influences of our age and the scarcity of our age. We, we begin to inject these wild gourds and at some point in time they poison the pot entirely. And I remember in the early 70s when I was a young boy, I was at a camp that I grew up in and uh, there was an individual that was uh, teaching or preaching and he was preaching on the passage of love your neighbor as yourself. And he used that text to you know, it was a time when the church was beginning to, to really adopt basically a psychological idea and construct their sermons around psychology and the leading teachers on the radio were Christian psychologists and the, the whole point of the message was you gotta love yourself. Not love your neighbors yourself, but the point was you gotta love yourself. It's, it's where you got, you know, I can't be good to anyone else until I'm first good to myself, right? He forgot to mention that, you know, you love yourself in a thousand ways every single day. You get up in the morning and you comb your hair and you brush your teeth and you feed yourself and you pull your hand back from a hot stove and you clothe yourself as best you can in order to protect yourself from the elements. And if you're cold, you put a blanket over yourself and you love yourself every single day instinctively. And he didn't say, listen, turn that instinct to think about yourself and turn it to others. Think about others. That's not what he said. He said, no, no, the, the great, great duty that you have is to learn to love yourself and to see how valuable you are. And, well, his message got across. It began to work its way out in a way that kind of untethered itself from the overwhelming teaching of God's word and what was a, maybe a point and a good point of instruction within a context and tempered by greater and greater truth from God's word began to be something that began to enlarge itself in the church in which we began to validate this whole idea of making our choices based on what we thought was best to meet our own needs, somehow to affirm our own self-love. Wild gourds get into the pot. So how do you correct the poison that gets into the pot of your understanding and feeding of God's word? How do you correct that poison? Elisha couldn't get the poison out by subtraction. He couldn't. Kind of reminds me of another story. Very quickly, you know, just before this all happened, I decided I was going to do more cooking in my house. And I decided to make a pot of lentils. And I went to sprinkle pepper into it. And it was like, I just got the pepper spice. And I took off the lid and thought I would pour this pepper in, but the, the little plastic lid that goes onto it that's inside the cap came off with it and I didn't realize it so what I did was I poured 
the whole content of the pepper into it. Well, you know, you can only get so much of that out. It was in the pot. So I started adding all kinds of additional things to it. I put, that pot became the fullest pot you can imagine. Just to try to temper the pepper that was in it and overdoing it. Elisha couldn't get what was in the pot out of it, so Elisha added something to the pot. And put some meal or flour into it. Moses couldn't get the bitter out of the waters of Marah. He did it by putting something into the water, a tree that God instructed him to get. Something was added. Something was added. So for us, the remedy is twofold. You go to the Lord Jesus, and you ask for more of his word. You throw more and more and more of the meal or flour of the expanding truth of God's word into the pot. You meet the subtle errors that come upon your age with more and more of the truth of God's word. You do not add to that word your thoughts, your opinions, your wishes, your motivated desires to have it speak in such a way that it conforms to your preferences or to whatever the new societal pressures are. You let that word go into the pot, plain and simple and unadorned, and the more the better, so that it overcomes the poison prejudices of the age you live in and the prejudices of your own self-satisfying heart. That's the first part. You just put in more of the word and more of the word and more of the word. And the second part is this. The Savior doesn't just give us the word. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you've believed in him, with the word he gives you his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that breathed that word out, that worked upon the lives of men so that they wrote down exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted to communicate to us so that this word is God's revelation. And that spirit now comes to abide and live in God's people to illuminate us and speak to us and to communicate his truth to us. And when you're not so motivated to put your own commentary over that word, but instead you just want to listen to what the Holy Spirit has to stay in that word as a child of God, if you claim and have him as your Savior and Lord, you have this spirit, this anointing upon you. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit as well to illuminate us and speak to us. He lives in us to speak out and Direct us to his word and his command and his comfort. And the Spirit's voice is a voice of clarity and simplicity and how desperately we need him to speak in the age in which we live and in our lives. The remedy is the outpoured anointing of the Spirit of God upon people who are studying and submitting to the word of God. More of that. More of that is what we need. When revival has historically come to the church in any age, it has brought with it and it's left with it People who are hungry for the word of God. They give up on sophistry. They give up on pageantry. They just want to hear the meat and potatoes of God's truth. And I, I think this is because when God is pouring out a spirit upon us, you don't need supercharged communicators when the spirit of God is speaking through his word. The remedy for the poison in the pot is the fullness of the spirit in surrendered hearts who study God's word. Jesus, pour in your spirit. Let him plainly speak to us in this word, and we will have food in the midst of famine, and we will have good fellowship around your table. That's the idea. Let's conclude with this. We have another story here at the end of our lesson. It's a story of a man whose crops have come in in another place, and he brings the sacrifice of the first fruits of the crop, and in this Israel that is now under the reign and dominion of pagan worship. Here is an individual who still wants to worship the true God of Israel and still wants to honor that God. And so he brings the first fruits of the sacrifice of his crop 
to Elisha. His knapsack is full of 20 loaves of barley bread and ears of roasted corn. And Elisha receives it and says, uh, let's give it to all the people who are here that they may eat. And one of those who's attending says, what? Uh, Shall I set before a hundred men what is here? The idea, one man's little knapsack cannot contain enough food to feed a hundred men. But it did. It did. Mark 8 tells us of a time when the disciples brought to the Lord seven loaves and a few small fish. He blessed it, multiplied it. He put it back in their hands and they fed over 4,000 men with their families. And after it had done, they took up seven full bushels afterward. Uh, John 6 tells us of a little boy who brought five loaves and two small fishes with him to hear Jesus teach. Jesus took his offering and blessed it. and From it multiplied a meal of a meal for 5,000 men along with their wives and children, little boys just like that one there. And when they were done, there were 12 baskets full to spare for all. In John 6, in that passage, we have that followed. We had it at a scripture reading. Some of those followed after the Lord Jesus and tried to, in a sense, goad him into giving them more food, giving them another sign, continuing the sign, and because they enjoyed having their bellies filled. But Jesus explained the significance of what was happening and what they saw in the multiplication of that food and and the significance applies to our text as well. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. The multiplication of the bread represented the extensive provision that Christ was going to give of his own self for the people. And it was the same in Elisha's day. God had a provision out of his own divine wealth for them. Here's an application. Can I ask you something? What do you hold most dear in the dearth? What in times of spiritual scarcity do you find most precious and valuable? In the doldrums of 2020, what have you wanted more of more than anything else? A Netflix binge? More photos of your food and your feet? Christ is here here for you now. He's here before us in the season. He wants us to discover that he is most dear of all. He is most precious of all. In the season of dearth, find the Lord Jesus' presence most dear and seek to be with him. And he'll satisfy you with himself. For the danger that gets into the pot, the poisonous additions of your age that mix in with your understanding and spoils the meal of God's truth, go to the Lord Jesus again. And ask him this, Lord Jesus, give me more and more of your word, your voice, your instruction. Put in my mind and in my heart those things you want to teach me. Let me listen to your spirit speaking to me. Let me submit to all he says and obey him. Give this to me. Show me yourself in your revealed word and I'll follow and live for you. And this way you'll find, this is what you'll discover if you do that. You'll find in the time of scarcity that you will feast upon the Lord Jesus. That he'll take you and he'll bring to you the fullness and the full provision and the satisfaction of his own life, even in times of famine. And then, when you've done that, the next thing you're supposed to do, you're supposed to bring what God has given you of himself and share it with others. Share it with him. Share it with us. Come together and... Tell us what you're learning from Jesus. Tell one another what he's feeding you and what he's showing you of himself and his goodness. Provide messages of what you're learning from him in the midst of the scarcity offered up to us as a gift to the Lord. And 
Christ will take what you share and he'll multiply it as it's received and as it's distributed in order to feed more and more so that more and more of us may feast around his table and find bounty in this scarce year. We can do that. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Our thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have not left us to the resources of the age. And you've not left us and abandoned us to the, um, the dryness and the bleakness of our times. It's a comfort to know that you're in control and sovereign over these things and you're working out something good, but still in the middle of it, it's dry and it's barren and it's good things are scarce. Some scarcity comes because we have not properly stewarded or managed or sought out the things of God in times past. So we've not provided a storehouse for grace and truth and life in a time like this. For that, we ask that you'd forgive us. And oh, dear Jesus, withhold not yourself from us now. Come before us and be with us and let us be like Mary, gathering around your feet and choosing the better thing. And in that place, oh God, satisfy us with your presence. And then, Lord Jesus, as we gather around you, open up your voice and speak to us and communicate to us this word to reveal yourself and your ways and your truth. And, oh God, now may we be greedily, in a sense, gathered in a Thank you for joining the Bread of Life, a ministry of church partnership evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this message, go to our website, breadoflifeboise.org, and follow the links. Until the next time, may God bless you.